All right, well, I'm excited to be with you guys tonight. Uh, if you have your Bible, phone, whatever. Does anybody bring a paper Bible here at all? No? Is it all digital? Does anybody, does anybody ever, do you bring a, a paper Bible? Come on now, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Let's go. All right. Amen. See, that redeems from that, that cowboy's jersey that you was wearing in my house that day. So you have your paper Bible. So, But you said you're not a fan. You just like the jersey, right? That's what's up. All right, cool. That's, that's good. There's so many. I'm finding out more Cowboys fans and stuff. And so, uh, it's all right. We just pray for them. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, everybody's at a different place in their sanctification process. All right. All right. Amen. So, I'm going to be in Zephaniah, which is one of the minor prophets, 3 17, and then 1 John. We'll be in the most of the New Testament after that. Let me, but, but let me read that. Let's start out with that. Zephaniah 3 17. It says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in your gladness. Come on, somebody. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. So here's a minor prophet speaking of the Lord, about the Lord. And he said, he takes delight in your gladness. With his love, watch this, with his love, he will calm all your fears. He rejoice over you for joyful songs. Now, if you go to the New Testament, 1 John 4.18, 1 John 4.18, you may be familiar with this scripture. It says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear, or cast out all fear, some translations say, right? So here you see a minor prophet speaking of the Lord, and you see the apostle John as well um, speaking of how the connection between the Lord's love calming or casting out our fears. Some people say, oh yeah, brother, brother, that's Old Testament, New Testament. No, it's all the Bible. And you see how for thousands of years apart, how uh, these writers inspired by the Holy Spirit were saying the same thing. So let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We love you. Uh, we need you. Thank you for your presence in this place. We ask that, Lord, as I preach your word, that you'd help me uh, to... Uh, uh, preach your word with accuracy, pray for an anointing, anointing upon me as I preach, give me fresh revelation, fresh unction, fresh illustrations. I pray, Father, for the hearers, everyone that's listening tonight or who may be listening to this later on a podcast, uh, Lord, that you would speak to your people, to your children, to all those that are hearing tonight, uh, just as we sang about your reckless love, now reading about your perfect love. Let it wreck us in a mighty way tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I was uh, just going through and, and praying and, and, and pondering what to preach tonight, uh, I, I began to think about, and as I, I looked over these scriptures, how so many of, of God's children, of, of people of God, are still dealing with, not only dealing with, with but are bound up with fear. Still bound up with fear. You know, uh, and the enemy is using this culture, our culture, our, our media culture, social media, everything streaming, even movies, whatever, telephone, text, YouTube, everything to just continue to feed into fear. So my wife and I went to the movies the other night. We went and watched the movie The Blind. Very good. I recommend it. If you have, you've seen it. If you haven't, if you, it's powerful. If you're familiar with Phil Robertson, The Robertsons, they had a show on TV called Doug Dynasty. Uh, but way before that TV show, uh, he was a man of God, his children, grandchildren, some of y'all know Sadie Robertson, she, she's his granddaughter, and she preaches and she, she's, she ministers. But the, the movie's not about Doug Hunt, it's not about Doug Donis, it's about his story, uh, how his life before he got saved. And so as we're walking up to the theater the other night, you see movies like uh, The Exorcist, Saw, 
uh, the you know the nun, all these these things, and it just of course because it's October, it's Halloween, right? The month of Halloween. It's even more so. I mean, there's always horror movies out there, but it's even more so where they're pushing fear, and and it's amazing in our culture how fear has become like a trinket. Fear has become. Uh, you know, like it's like entertainment. You know, we live right here in Scott, and you got the fright trail right there. And they just we were at the movie the other night, and there was a, there was a thing for fright trail, and it was like you know these mannequins and stuff cut in half and guts hanging out and all kind of just just nonsense craziness. You know, and and I begin to think about uh, I, I read a quote that I had. If y'all are familiar with Fabian Gretsch, he's the missionary to Iraq, northern Iraq. He was here in the summer with us. He said this, one of the times he came preach at our church, he said this, he said, if you are overwhelmed with love, you shouldn't be familiar with fear. You may want to write that down. I like how Pastor Wayne said, if you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. If, you, if you're overwhelmed with the love of God, you shouldn't be familiar with fear. Sadly, too many people are familiar with fear. Man, that went through me like a lightning rod when I read that. So my question to you tonight, and the title of this message is, Are You Too Familiar With Fear? Are you too familiar with fear? The Lord says, don't fear, don't be afraid, or fear not, over a hundred times in the Bible. So as born-again believers, born-again children of the Most High God, why do we still deal with with fear. Why is it that, and, and you know, I'm not just talking about emotion of fear, right? Emotion of, you know, I'm talking about being bound up, like constantly battling fear, thoughts of fear, being, being bound up with it. It's more than just emotions, what I'm talking about tonight. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, another very familiar scripture, and this will be the text that really we're going to break down the outline from. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We must realize that fear is not just a human emotion, but it also is a spirit. Again, there is a good human emotion of fear. If you're crossing the road and there's an 18-wheeler coming and you get scared and jump out the way, that's a good thing. Amen? Right? I, I was just talking to, to the worship team earlier about how uh, my wife and I and, uh, and, and 20 other people, Andrea's parents was with us, um, Anybody else's parents? I don't think they were in here that came to Israel with us. And it's just crazy. Three weeks after we got back from Israel, a major war breaks out. And usually I didn't tell my wife because she never wanted to go. Uh, she was scared to go to Israel because there's always fighting between the, the Arabs and, 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 and the Jews, uh, Muslims and Jews. And I was like, no, that, that usually always confined to Gaza, the Gaza Strip, or the West Bank, which we actually went through the West Bank. Jericho, you familiar with Jericho in the Bible, right? You know, went around, marched around the city of Jericho. We went to Jericho. Jericho's actually, check this out, the oldest city in the world. On the entire planet, archaeologists can show and prove that Jericho's the oldest city that was ever built in the world. Isn't that crazy to think that? But that's on the West Bank, totally Muslim control. But anyway, as, as this war is breaking out, they're hurling rockets into Jerusalem, trying to hurl them into Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, all these places. The airport, I watched a, a, a video when I Googled it the first night. I saw that it happened. There were reporters and people that just got off of a plane laying down on the tarmac at the very airport we were at three weeks before. And I'm like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? So I'm not just talking about like an emotion of fear. The Bible makes it clear that there is a spirit of fear. One commentator said this, the spirit of fear 
may find a place by reason of one's natural temperament, but it's not merely a human disposition and it is not from God. Can I get an amen? Come on, if you're alive tonight, say amen. amen. I can immobilize, it can immobilize and torment its victims, making them feel powerless and alone. Indecision or wrong decisions are then made that would give a place to bondage and great human suffering. And I've seen this, y'all, in so, so many, over 21 years of me being saved, coming up on 18 years of being in full-time ministry, I've seen people in torment, living in torment of fear. I've seen major fear grip people's life, almost immobilize them, as, as he said there, or in torment, not being able to live life or make decisions or major anxiety attacks or panic attacks because they bound up with a spirit of fear. But the good news is tonight, the second part of 2 Timothy 1.7 gives us three ways to overcome fear. One, he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So let me stop and tell you, if you're bound up, you're struggling with fear, it's not of God. Can I get an amen? Come on, as one preacher said, the, the more you talk back to me, the shorter this message will be, okay? All right? No, not really. But, uh, but yes, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He goes on to give us three ways that we can overcome fear. Number one, tap into the Lord's power. It's all laid out here. I'm, I'm not getting cute with this message. I'm not pulling it straight from the text here. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of? Come on, everybody said it. But of? Come on, you don't sound too powerful tonight. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of? Okay, that's better. You're getting there. You're getting there. So, He's given us power. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but you will receive what? Power. Come on, say it again. You will receive power. power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, the power of God through the Holy Spirit enables you to no longer be a victim, but a victor. No longer to be a victim of fear, but be a victor, victorious over fear. Too many people are living lives, too many born-again believers are living their lives in chains and shackles to fear. Maybe you tonight, maybe part of, of that word that the, that the Lord gave uh, uh, through Ayla might be that. Maybe feeling alone in those things, maybe because of fear. And, and maybe, let me just stop and say this, and maybe... You feel alone because of fear because you've been saved for a while. You grew up in church. You, you know these scriptures, but yet you're still dealing with fear and you don't want to tell anybody. You maybe feel less than. I should know better. I, should, I don't want to go to Pastor Jacob or, or to one of the leaders or, or whoever. And maybe that's why you feel alone. But listen, I, I hope tonight that if you bound up in fear, if you're even dealing with fear, maybe you've gotten free of fear, but it's coming back. It's trying to make its way back in your life. That tonight when you live here, you're no longer a victim, but you are a victor and you're free of fear. Amen. The Greek word for power here, right when Jesus says you will receive power or uh, he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power is the word dudamus. Some of you might have known this. Dudamus, it means miraculous power, might, and strength. It's not just like a little bit of power. It's a supernatural power. Just as I, I, two weeks ago when I finished up the series on the supernatural life, I talked about living in supernatural power. That's what this word means. It's a, a dynamic, miraculous power. It's the root word of where we get our English word dynamite. 
or dynamo. It's dynamic. It's the dynamic power, right? Just like in war times of, oh, now, I mean, they don't really use dynamite anymore, but uh, I'm, I'm a history guy, and I, I grew up like watching Vietnam movies or World War II movies. Back then, they would actually use things like dynamite, sticks of dynamite. And if there was like some kind of hole or a tunnel or something, yeah, they'd use grenades and stuff. But but if there was a hole or something, they're not even sure. They, they'd try to go in there and get the enemy out of there. But but if they wasn't sure if anybody was in there, they didn't want to send more troops to risk them getting killed. They would literally take a stick of dynamite, throw it down the hole, and it would explode to make sure any enemy or anything in there that was dangerous, it would clear them out. Come on, that's that's the kind of that's now it's it's grenades and all these other you know they do all kind of things now, right? But but you need to use the dynamic power of God to eradicate every trace of fear from your life. Amen. You can't do it on your own. You can't just be strong enough or think it away. You need the power of God to overcome fear. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, right? And the main way you do this is by getting filled with the Spirit. He, he said, the, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It all goes back to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we want to pray with you tonight. Or maybe you want a fresh infilling. We're going to have some time in ministry after to pray with you. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I've given you authority, I love this, and power to trample upon serpents and uh, ser- serpents and scorpions and, and physical, I love this, and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses, and nothing shall in any way harm you. Have you allowed fear to harm you? Have you allowed fear to harm you in your mind, in your emotions, maybe in your relationships, maybe in your life where you want to do something and it's and, and, and you're scared to do it? I know people that don't go on mission trips uh, or, or whatnot are, are because because of of, of of fear, you know. And I, and I get it. Like I'm not talking about an emotion, just but but I'm talking about being bound up. I know people that have, have will not go over the Chafalaya Basin Bridge because they're scared. Or the Baton Rouge bridge because they're scared. I get there's regular emotions, but if you refuse to go over a certain bridge and will go all around, it might be a spirit of fear. Have you allowed it to hurt you? We are more powerful. The Bible says through Jesus himself said it through his power. I love that we have the physical and mental ability and strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. Over all the power of the enemy, amen? See, people give too much credit. Yes, the enemy has power, but we have authority over all of that. We are more powerful than the, spirit, than the enemy himself or the spirit of fear. I love this. See, Smith Wigglesworth, who was a man of God, I don't know, 100, maybe plus years ago, understood the power and the authority he had over Satan. All of us at one time or another, you've woken up in the middle of the night, and some of the guys might not admit this, but you've woken up in the middle of the night in your dark room and you felt maybe some kind of presence or you just were scared of something. Can, can you all say that we've all felt that at one point or another, right? Yeah, I have as well, even as an adult. Smith Wigglesworth, he was a great man of God, woke up one night and he sensed an evil presence in his room. And when he sensed that presence, he woke up and he realized what it was. This is what he did. He said, oh, Satan, it's only you. He blew out the candle, rolled over, and went back to sleep. Come on, somebody. Like, homeboy realized that there was an evil presence sent by Satan in his room, and he, he, didn't, he blew out the candle. So that means the room was even darker, rolled over, and went back to sleep. That's having authority over the spirit of fear, over fear. I, I mean, I'm like, bro, I would at least 
like prayed in tongues, cast that thing out, rebuked him or something before I went to bed. Like, he ain't just going to be chilling here in my room before I go to sleep, right? Especially before I blow out the candle. I'm doing so. I get it. Like, I got authority and all that. But you know, we, we praying first. We binding and loosening and all that before we just roll over. But I love that story because it just shows he understood. Amen? That's what I'm trying to show. He understood the power and the authority, really, that we walk in. Under Jesus. Again, you don't have authority uh, on your own. It ain't because you go to the gym and y'all buff and all that. It ain't what it's about. It's about walking in Christ's authority. Amen? Amen. Let's read what Jesus said in the last part of, of, of Luke 10, 19. Again, he says, ain't nothing in any way shall harm you. Someone once said, I am indestructible until the Lord says otherwise. Come on, somebody. I like that. I'm indestructible until the Lord says, uh, and that's not a prideful statement. Again, this is, this is understanding the power and the authority you have. We're talking about over the spirit of fear. Amen? So number one, you got to tap into God's power. You never overcome fear, overcome those thoughts, be able to do what Smith Wigglesworth did unless you're walking in the power of God. Amen? Next, which is awesome because I don't even think the worship team knew what I was preaching on tonight, right, ladies? But saying the reckless love, I hadn't heard that song in years. I hadn't heard it. But, you know, number two is meditate on God's perfect love. Come on, we can say reckless love. By the way, I know some people might be weirded out by this, but uh, Andrea just went for it. They, they've like cleaned that song up or tried to with unforeseen. She just went with the sloppy wet kiss. I, I love it. Amen. That's how it was written. Amen. Is that It is. Yeah, that's how it was written. And so people get all like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. And then they like, they put unforeseen. So way to go, Andrea. Just go for it. Amen. So meditate on God's perfect love. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of Love. Come on, somebody say it. Love. First John 4.18 says, and there is no fear in love. I read this earlier. But perfect love casts out fear, or all fear, because fear involves torment. Let me stop right there, church. Fear involves torment. We're not talking about just some little emotion like, oh, yeah, but everybody deals with fear, Pastor. No. Fear involves torment. People, you may be and you have been and maybe still are being tormented by fear. Torm- being tormented isn't fun at all. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So he says that, right? Perfect love casts out our fear. How do you experience the perfect love of God? Well, again, let's go. It all goes back to the Holy Spirit again. Look at Romans 5.5. 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, it's I, I, actually I said meditate. And it's true, we do need to do this, but really you need, you may want to put in parentheses if you're taking notes, you need to experience God's love. Not just meditate, not just like head knowledge. Uh, uh, um, There's a great man of God and and I went to a seminar he was doing and this man was a pastor, wrote books, uh, was the president of 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 a, a, a Bible college, but he was having up to 15 panic attacks, listen to this, a day, a day. And, and he just began to break down. He literally had to go into like a mental institute for like over a month. And as he began to tell one of his colleagues, Pastor Arthur and president of a Bible college, that he was having all these panic attacks, he told him like, man, I'm, I'm having panic attacks and anxiety and all that, you know, which is close cousin to worry and, and obviously fear and all that. And then and his colleague told him, he said, well, brother, don't you know that God's perfect love casts out all fear? And this is what he said. I'm just quoting him. He's like, in that moment, I thought, yeah, and don't you know I want to gouge your eyes out right now? And he said that because he's like, of course I know that. Like, he's a pastor. He's a, a Bible teacher. But what he realized through that, he, he didn't tell him that. That's what he was feeling. But what he realized, what, what he realized is it's not enough just to know 
that God loves you. It's experiencing God's love that casts out all fear. And that's where you experience through the infilling of the Holy Spirit and just communion with the Holy Spirit. What y'all did, what we did tonight through worship, when you worship and you encounter God and you're in his presence and you tell him how much you love him and Yeshua and, and, and sing to him that he, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I put my own spin on some of those, those songs like Yeshua. I started saying, Yeshua, you are my, my Lord and my master and my king and those things. That's how you experience his love. In those, you experience those sloppy wet kisses from God. Amen. It's not just knowing it with your head. You have to experience his love. Amen. Are y'all tracking me tonight? Amen. Amen. Perfect love of God has poured our lives through the Holy Spirit and by abiding in his presence. See, it's a daily. If you're, if you're dependent on just Wednesday night, Sunday morning to, to, to experience God's love, to get in his presence, you're, that, you're not going to overcome fear that way. You may be feeling hopeless against your struggle against fear, but the, the word says because of, of the love of God, you can have hope tonight. If you experience God's love, you can have hope. Another way, again, is, is getting in his presence like this through worship, through prayer. But another way is by, and, and this is where I got meditating, meditating on the scriptures. Let's go back to, to the first uh, scripture I read, Ze- Ze- uh, Zephaniah three seventeen. For the Lord your God is living among you. First of all, let's just stop there. The Lord's among us. He's living amongst us. It's not like in that moment, whenever Smith Wigglesworth blew out that candle, it's not like God was out in the cosmos and he had to call on him. No, he knew just like there was an evil presence there, the presence of God was there too. And that's how he knew he could just blow out that candle and he knew he wasn't even worried, right? He's living among us. He's a mighty savior. He will take delight in your gladness with his love. He will calm your fears. One translation says he will quiet your fears. See, fear torments you. And you constantly have noise in your mind. How many of you have dealt with noise in your mind before? Look at that, most of the room. Noise, things going on in your mind. You're hearing things, you're, you're seeing things, you're whatever. And that's torment. But he said, it says he will quiet or calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Come on, just as we sing to the Lord, come on, he sings over us. He rejoices over us with joyful songs. Now think about this, Psalm 139, 17 and 18. I love, absolutely love this verse. I shared this with the staff a couple of weeks ago in our staff prayer. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Now watch this. And when I wake up, you are still with me. It's King David that wrote that. So in those nights when you're alone in your room and you're fearful and all those things and you feel like God's far away, look, Zephaniah said he's always among us. David says, when I wake up, you're still with me. He never leaves us. Amen. The Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. If you're a born again believer, you got the Holy Spirit that's within you. He's always with you. And that's just it. You could, you could focus on fear or you could meditate on love. Oh, come on. That's good right there. You might, you need to write that down. You could either focus on fear or you could meditate on love. It's where you, where, which, what are you focusing on? You got to redirect your thoughts. I'm going to get into that. That's actually the, the last point. But you could focus on fear, the things that you've been thinking or feeling or seeing or hearing. We're going to get into all that. You could either focus on fear or you could meditate on God's love. We need to meditate on his love. Remember, Fabian said, if you're overwhelmed with love, you shouldn't be familiar with fear. We get overwhelmed with fear instead of being overwhelmed with the love of God. Amen? Remember, with his love, he calms or quiets all fear. So once tap into the power of God, secondly, uh, experience 
God's perfect love. I'll say meditate, but I want you to put experience God's perfect love. And then the, the third and final thing, which probably is the most important, both of those, they're all important. Obviously, they're all important. That's really the spiritual side of it. This is really the, the practical side of it. You start with the spiritual, God's presence, God's word. God's presence comes from multiple things, but from worship, prayer. If you, if you, if you feel with the Holy Spirit and you have the evidence of praying in tongues, you have your heavenly prayer language, pray in the spirit. Look, man, that's what's awesome about praying in the spirit. When you get fearful, you ain't got to try to think of what to pray. Just pray in the Spirit, man. Just, just get after it. Pray in the Spirit, amen? And, and I, I find praying in the Spirit, again, the Bible says that he, the Holy Spirit prays God's perfect will through us. So those are the two spirits. And the third and final one is practical. You need to discipline your thoughts and your intake. Discipline your thoughts and your intake, what you're taking in. Let's read the verse again, our key verse, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of? Oh, come on. Y'all are getting powerful. But of what? And of? And a sound mind. Well, why are you covering your mouth? Was that not good? Oh, what you said power again? That's all right. Maybe you need a double dose of power. And of love. Amen. And look what it says. A sound mind. The New Living Translation says a disciplined mind. And really, that's very close. The Greek word here, uh, I got it broken down. I'm not, you're not going to remember it anyway. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. The Greek word for sound mind is a combination of the word safe and the mind. And it means safe thinking. That's what a sound mind means. It means safe thinking. I'm going to try it. Sophronimos is, I think, how you say it. Yeah, Abby, that sounds right? Yeah. She's like all confident, like, yeah, but that's it. You got it. You've heard that Greek word before? You just, you have? You just know in your spirit. That was right. Come on, girl. That's amen. You see? Amen. See? The word denotes, listen, good judgment, disciplined thought patterns, and the ability, watch this, listen, the ability to understand and make right decisions. That's what a sound mind means. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need to control your thoughts. Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, you need to be disciplined. Come on, tell that person, discipline yourself. Come on, brothers, help me. Y'all need to participate. Class participation here. Discipline yourself. Say, listen. All right. Okay. Now discipline your mouth now, okay? <laughs> See, this is usually where we lose the battle, y'all. It's in your thought. It's in the thoughts. Fear, this stuff starts in our, our thoughts. That's why power, love, and a sound mind, we must have disciplined thought patterns to overcome fear. That's why St. Corinthians 10.5 tells us, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Pastor Todd always used this illustration. I think you used it. One of my girls came home the other night telling me, like, oh, I heard this great illustration. I think Pastor Jacob used it. You can't stop birds from flying over your head, right? But you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Classic illustration. He didn't come up with it. PT said he heard it from somebody else. But it's such a great illustration. You can't stop birds. Birds are going to fly over your head. That's going to happen. Thoughts, in other words, are going to come through your mind. Come on, somebody. The most random thoughts. Can I get a witness? In worship, when, you talk, when you're talking to somebody, tell me you don't have the most weird thoughts come through your head. And like, man, what they call them intrusive thoughts, right? intrusive thoughts will just come through your mind and that's going to happen it doesn't make you weird okay wait actually pause on this message let me try to help you all out okay if you're dealing with insecurity and worried about what people think about you a lot of people i'm like hey man why don't you just do this like no nah, man i ain't doing that 
People are going to think I'm weird. Or, man, people are going to think I'm crazy. Let me help you all out tonight, okay? This is just, this is a free one. This is a freebie. We're all weird. <laughs> Amen? We're all crazy. What? We're meant to be weird. Right. Come on, Lacey. So listen, if you just realize we're all weird and we're all crazy, we can all get on, get on with life. Then you, that's less you got to worry about what people think. They're going to think I'm weird because you are. But I'm weird too. We all have our own little weirdness, right? Amen. You got two two of my biological daughters and my stepdaughter that that they can tell you I'm weird. I'm I'm. We're all a little weird. We're all a little crazy. Amen. I don't know why I got off on that. You just needed to hear that tonight. I'm tired of people saying, "When are you gonna think I'm weird?" We all weird. If you know that, you can move on with life. And it really, you don't got to worry about what people think about you. See, that's another thing. People fear what what people think about them. That's why I probably went there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. People are fearful about what people think about them. They make judgment. You make decisions in your life or lack thereof based upon what other people think about you that you don't even know who don't even like you. Yeah. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching better than, than, than you saying, you know, amen right there. I'm preaching myself happy. You make decisions and you, you, you make life-altering decisions based upon what people think about you. You don't even know them and they don't even like you anyway. So why are you worried about them people? Amen? Don't worry about it. Remember, we're all weird and we're all a little crazy. Go home tonight. What did Pastor Brandon talk about? He said we're weird and we're crazy. So <laughs> make sure you tell your parents in context what I'm saying. I'm trying to help you get free from worrying about what people think about you. Amen? Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means don't let birds nest in you. You have thoughts that'll come in, but you just, you got to get rid of them. No, that's not the, I have the most... Listen to me. I'm going to just be transparent. I have the, the most random, sometimes the most evil thoughts in worship. Because the devil doesn't like that you're in the presence of Jesus trying to worship. So he's going to try to plant intrusive thoughts. And I know it's the enemy. It could be fearful thoughts. It could be whatever. It can be prideful thoughts. It could be judgmental thoughts towards somebody else. Let's just be real. It could be some of the most ungodly thoughts while I'm worshiping Jesus, while I'm praying, while I'm reading. Come on, how many of you read a whole chapter in the Bible? You got to read it again because you ain't let, you been, your mind's all over the place. I'm talking, look, I'm over here duck hunting. I'm over here eating lunch. I'm over here. I'm mad at somebody. I'm like, man, what did I just read? And, you know, probably something about, you know, love your enemies or something. You know what I mean? Something I needed to take in because your thoughts go all over. You, you, you got to control your thoughts. You got to have a disciplined mind. We must capture every fearful thought that comes through our minds and get rid of them. I love this. Ephesians 4, 27, the Amplified says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. You know what a foothold is? Like literally, if you ever try to, especially those of you with siblings, you try to kick your sibling out the room or something, try to keep them, and they, you try to close the door on them, what do they do? They put their foot in the door, right? Just their foot, a couple of inches, but if just their foot's in the door, you're all laughing because you've all done that before. Either you put your foot in the door or somebody, your sibling did it. Come on, how many of you be honest, right? Come on, my daughters don't want to raise their hand. You ain't going to be in trouble tonight. You get a pass. You still do it, okay? So that's the picture there. When you allow, see, the, that's what the enemy's trying to do. These intrusive thoughts, it, it's like he's putting his foot in your mind. He's trying to get a foothold into your mind, into your life, to try to plant fear, to try to keep fear there. But you gotta, you, you gotta get rid of them. Come on, it's the devil. You cut that foot off and throw that thing out. All right. Now that's a pretty gruesome, you know, thing. But I'm in the spirit, right? We're not really cutting people's foot off. So I'm talking about in the spirit, the enemy, right? See, don't entertain any thoughts of fear at all. They will put a crack in the door of your life. I thought about this. Uh, 
Years ago, as I just mentioned, a lot of you already know if you come on Sundays and you know if you that I love to duck hunt. Duck hunt's my passion. It's one of the things I, I love to do as, as, a, as a hobby. And so years ago, my brother-in-law Blair, a lot of you know my, my brother-in-law, he's a big duck hunter. We used to duck hunt in the basin, uh, which is public land, the Chaffalai Basin. So I was talking about the Chaffalai Bridge, Henderson. We would we would go in there and, and we'd go hunting there. Um, and he would just, I mean, that, that this, this dude's amazing. He would take his phone and he would go find spots. He'd look on a map. Oh, this looks like a good spot. He would take his boat one day in daylight, pin a spot, and then to where when we'd go back, he's like, I mean, this is like a good spot to set up. You got to get there early before anybody else. It's public land. We just, excuse me, hunt out of the boat. So I went hunting with him a couple times in the basin. You're talking 4 o'clock in the morning, pitch black, very cold, and you you flying in a boat in the Chaffalai Basin with trees all around you. And his brother, look, he'd pin these spots, and so he would be following it on his phone, and then we'd get to it. It looks just like woods to me, and he'd say, okay, man, put your head down. We're going through right there. I'm like, bro, which, that's trees right there. He's like, no, no, it's a spot. It's going to open up. Just put your head down. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. you know? And I'm like, and it, sure enough, he would go through and it'd open up and there'd be this nice spot. And he's like, one day, I don't remember if we had like had boat trouble or something or we just, he was turned around. He's like, bro, think about this. He's like, it's pretty crazy what we're doing yeah. Like we're in the middle of the basin, like in pitch black and, and just following our phone. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's pretty dangerous what we're doing. I'm like, it is pretty dangerous what we're doing. And guess what? He planted that thought in my mind. And I, all I was thinking about was going to shoot ducks later. He planted that thought in my mind. Like this is, Now, the rest of the way, I'm just like, this is very dangerous. Like, what if we hit a tree? What if we fall out and get hypothermic because it's freezing cold? One time we hit a stump and literally I almost fell out the boat and it would have been bad. And thank God we didn't. But you see, the reason I'm saying that is, see, when you get a fearful thought in your mind, you not only have to get rid of it. Listen to me, y'all. You have to replace it with something. You don't just get rid of it. You got to replace it. And that's why this is one of my favorite scriptures. You know, sadly, I'm, I'm doing another funeral uh, uh, Sunday. Some of y'all might have saw that lady on the news that got hit on that bike. She got killed. She was riding her bike in Tucson. She got killed. I'm, I'm officiating her family comes to church here. And, and I share this at every funeral I do because people are grieving or people are hurting. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. If you, if you get anything about thoughts tonight, listen, write this down. Write it down. Write it down, write it down, take a picture. I see some of you are taking pictures. It's up there. And now, dear brothers and sisters, that covers everybody in here. One final thing. Listen to me. Watch this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So when an intrusive thought comes, when a fearful thought comes, the Bible says, take captives, you get rid of it, right? Like, no, this is the devil, this is not of me, I get rid of that thought, I bind it. You could even say, you, listen, you can quote that scripture, how do you do it? Even I quote those scriptures. I tell every thought captive to the obedience of Christ right now. I'll plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I say that, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. The Bible also says, we have the mind of Christ. You can jot all these down, these are all scriptures. Take every thought captive. And that I have the mind of Christ and just plead the blood. That's not a scripture, but we do that. We apply the blood of Jesus to our life. We get that from when they applied the blood in the Old Testament on the Passover. We call it pleading the blood of Jesus over our mind. So you do that. That's how you get rid of the thought. But this scripture says you redirect now and fix your thoughts on what is true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely. If you have an impure thought, take every thought captive and focus on something pure and lovely. And admirable. He says, fix your thoughts. Don't just like, not just a passing thought. You got to fix your thoughts on it. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I've given you a lot of scriptures tonight. Scriptures to dwell on God's love, right? To dwell on how much God thinks about you. We're talking about our thoughts now and how we need to redirect our thoughts. It says, 
David said he couldn't even fathom and count how much God thinks about us, right? Like, think about how much God thinks about you. That's something to think about right there. Think about how much God's thinking about you. His thoughts towards us, David said, outnumber the sand on the seashore. If you pick up a handful of sand at the beach, Andre and her fan is just there, you can't even count the amount of sand that's in your hand. Think about all the sand on all the beaches in all the world. Every single one of those little pieces of sand, God thinks about you more. That's the stuff that you redirect your thoughts and you think about those things. Listen, think about these scriptures. And here's another, I tell people this. If you're struggling with fear, you might be struggling with lust, you might be struggling with something. I tell people, listen, it ain't even got to be something spiritual. It's just got to be something good or pure or lovely. Think about someone you love in your life, a mom, your sister, your brother, your dad that you love so much, right? Amen. Um, your, your stepdad, right? Emily's always at our house, so we just, we, she's our adopted daughter, and our, our kids are to her parents as well. So I know. But it can be that. Look, go back to me. I, I think about duck hunting. I think about football. It don't even have to be spiritual. But if I have something in my mind, I don't need to be there. Yes, I'm going to go to the Word first and the Lord in His presence. But I'm going to just think about my wife or my kids or you, our church, how much, you know, just something. It, it, it doesn't even have to be like back to the basin, right? Now I'm tripping and I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is very dangerous. And we are in the dark. And it is cold and all this stuff. But then you know what? After all that, it's like, you know what? But now I'm focusing on fear. Instead of focusing on what we out there for, we're trying to go kill some ducks. And I hope none of y'all like big animal lovers or think ducks are super cute. But I mean, you know, but it's legal and they taste good. So we do. <laughs> they are fun to hunt. So, um, so I, instead, I'm focusing back. Now I'm thinking on good things. I'm thinking like, man, this is, I'm out here with my, my brothers in Christ, my friends. We're going to have fun. We're going to go try to get a, get a limit of birds, right? See, the Holy Spirit will help you do this. The Holy Spirit will help you. Remember, having a sound mind, it takes self-control. It all goes back to the Holy Spirit, who is God inside of us. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Come on. Peace to replace fear. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, everybody, say it together. Self-control. Come on, turn to the person aside and say, you need some self-control. Turn to the other person and say, you need to control yourself. All right. But you need the Holy Ghost's help, right? It might sound like an oxymoron, but you need the Holy Spirit's help. So we need a discipline of mind. You need the Holy Spirit's help. You remember I started with being filled with the Spirit to tap into power, right? The second one uh, is the same, meditate on God's love. How do we experience, experience God's love? He, he poured out his love through the Holy Spirit, and now self-control to discipline your mind is also through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to encourage you tonight. You can't do it on your own. You need help. We're going to pray for you here in a minute, but you need the Holy Spirit. So not only I said that this last, this final point is, Discipline your thoughts and your intake, right? How did I actually say this point? What did I say? Discipline your thoughts yeah, and your intake. Watch what you take in. Sometimes fearful thoughts come from what you've watched or maybe listened to or what you are watching or listening to. And every one of us has those devices in our head now that you can pull up and watch and listen to anything you want. And, and I'm here to tell you tonight, if you think what you watch and what you listen to has nothing to do with fear, you are grossly deceived. 
Let, let me put it to you this way. Not only do you got to discipline your thoughts, but you have to uh, uh, discipline what you allow into you, to enter your sen- senses. You ever thought about the word entertainment? Break down the word entertainment. What does the word entertainment mean? I heard this, being detained while entered. Entertainment. Being detained, like entertained, like you're being detained, think about it, in front of something while you're being entered. Something's entering you while you're detained in front of it. Never thought about that before, right? Come on, somebody. Hey, are y'all listening? Girls? Girls over here, are y'all listening? What did I just say? What does entertainment mean? Yes, being detained by being, like entering, it's like you're, you're something, you're watching something. It's entering into your, your eyes, your ears, your mind, your senses. So be careful what's entering you, guys, into your mind, your eye gate, your ear gate, your mind. I know, right? Yeah, go ahead. Detained is like uh, they detain a prisoner, like they can't leave. They, they handcuff him and they put him in a cell, so now he's detained. Like TikTok. Like TikTok, okay. Like you, you just can't get off of it? Is that what you're saying? Like you, yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. You're right. That's, you're, you're spot on. No, no, you're good. There you go. And it does. It sucks you in. Look, I, I'll be honest. My, my kids laugh at me because I'll get on Reels sometimes on Instagram, and I'm just watching funny stuff, and they walk by like, you know, on Reels again, huh, Dad? What you in it? Like in an hour, it go, I'm just watching like funny dog videos, and, but now they, they throw in all kind of crazy political stuff. I'm just like watching funny dog videos or duck hunting videos, and there's like, you know, the president acting goofy at the podium or something, you know what I mean? And so it's like, well, you know, but then it gets into, if you stop on that, then, you know, uh, but it is. So you got to be careful, guys. Even that, like, even if I'm just watching senseless, funny things, you ever, like, after an hour of that, you just, like, I feel like my brain's is, like, mushy now. Right? Y'all all know what I'm talking about. So, but the context here we're talking about is fear. Don't think that you'll go watch a horror movie and, oh, it don't affect me. I promise you it, it will. There's a spirit of fear attached to that. Let me give you an example. Years ago, when we were youth pastors. We were at a youth encounter. We used to, you know, we had retreats. It was called an encounter. It, it kind of like freedom weekends and stuff. And we would have times of ministry for deliverance where people that felt like they had demonic strongholds in their life, we would we'd teach on the five open doors, the 14 root spirits, and then we would, we would do altar ministry. One night, a girl on a Saturday night for the encounter, a girl who had grew up in church, her parents uh, were in ministry and all, all, all that. She started manifesting. She like like she was screeching like a demon was coming out of her. Like I don't know if you believe in that, but that stuff's real. And and she was that. You've seen it, yeah. It's very real. I mean, if the Bible talks about casting out demons, trust me, demons are real and they're still they're still active on the earth today. So this girl, they start. I don't think I, I think my wife and some of my team ministered to her and, and cast the demon out and realized and found out that it was a spirit of fear. She had a spirit of fear operating in her life was a stronghold. She got free that night. She felt better. She admitted it was fear. She'd been dealing with fear. I'm talking about months later. I saw a, a post on social media, and she's like, oh, I'm just in the mood for like a good scary movie. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I could tell she didn't realize the connection between watching horror movies and being bound up in fear. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, I've been in a dead sleep. Like, I, I watch TV and fall asleep in my recliner. I've been in a dead sleep, 
and I've heard something and I woke up and there was a horror movie. And I'm telling you, when I'm telling you an evil presence like immediately was like in my living room, I promise you, I couldn't even start to even think about what was going on. Just right when I opened my eyes, it's like instantly I could feel an evil presence in my, in my room. And I talk about, I don't do like Smith Wigglesworth. I bind and loose and I'm praying and I turn that thing off. And I'm telling you, like instantly, there's a spirit of fear attached to all those movies. You may, oh, it's just fun, all that. I promise you it's not. Absolutely. If you're dabbling in watching horror movies or watching crazy videos on YouTube or on TikTok or wherever, on any social media flat platform, especially if you're dealing with fear, you need to stop tonight. You need to be done with it and you need to cut it off. Be careful. And listen, it don't even have to be horror movies. You could be watching too much about what's going on in Israel or wars or people got bound up with fear during COVID. Too much of that stuff. Yes, I get it. COVID was real. I had COVID. A bunch of us actually caught it in this room from in supper one night. And so uh, I'm not, it's not funny. I mean, nobody died or anything, but, but we did. I mean, COVID was real. People got sick. People died. I've done a couple of funerals for people. It's real. But you, you, get, you, get, you rabbit hole in that stuff. I don't care if it's a horror movie. It's a war. It's, it's some kind of disease. It's whatever the case may be. Did y'all see? I mean, it's going now, but they, they called for on Friday the 13th, October. They were saying the Hamas leader was calling for, you know, people to, to, for, the, for the Muslims all over the world, have a day of rage and all that. My wife said she saw on Instagram, my mom's like, is anybody else keeping their kids home from school tomorrow? That's fear. That's fear. Nothing happened. There was no, no Hamas terror was bombed anything in Lafayette. But people get caught up in that stuff. And it's fair. Listen, y'all, we got to go about our lives, right? I mean, you know, I, again, I mean, we were just in Israel, and it was like I didn't realize, like, I, I thought about this. This is pretty crazy. Side note, I'm almost positive we probably brushed up against some Hamas terrorists that was planning these attacks in, while we were there in Israel. Think about it. We were there for just like three weeks before. We literally were amongst people that were probably planning to carry out these things. Thank God I didn't know this was coming, when it, right? Because you, 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 your mind could go into fear and all these kind of things. Although my wife did say we had a Muslim driver and, and secular Muslim, you know, he wasn't, you could tell he wasn't really practicing hardcore. I got to pray for him twice, lay hands on him, pray for him in Jesus' name. He looked in the mirror and said, amen. And so, but my wife had the thoughts like, man, what if he like takes this bus into some Muslim neighborhood and they like, you know, blow us up or something? I was like, man, I never even thought about that. But she does. My wife tells me she has to discipline her mind from going to those uh, places like that, you know. So, again, it amazes me how some people you don't think there's a connection. So, again, it could be from horror movies. I'm just tapping on that again because it's, it's, it's Halloween and you have all these haunted houses and all that kind of stuff. I've seen, again, youth kids when I was in youth, they'd go to all these fright trails and all that. And I'm telling you, you think it's fun, it's just entertainment, all that stuff, but it end up dealing with fear. So it could, whatever it is, whatever, you, whatever it might grab you, whatever the foothold might be, it may be a war, it may be shootings, it may be, you know, all these things are real and happen. But listen, you got to just, if that stuff makes you fearful, stop watching it. Amen? Stop reading articles. Stop following the people that are posting that stuff, right? Be careful how long you're detained while you're being, which, and what you're allowing to enter your mind, your eyes, and your hair. Are y'all tracking with me tonight? I, I, I love you enough to tell you the truth. First John 4.18, as I close, there is no fear in love, again, but perfect fear. Nope, perfect love. Cast out all fear. There's no fear in love. He's, the perfect love casts out fear. Amen? So we started out by talking about how God's love calms the fears or quiets our fears. Then he goes on to say that his perfect love casts out our fear. You might be bound up with fear. Because you you haven't accepted God's perfect love yet. You mind, uh, Rachel, come and play?
And so maybe you haven't accepted God's perfect love that he, he provided through the cross, right? What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved, 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 loved the world. That word love is agape love. It's an unfailing love. The same words that's used here for God's perfect love. God bless you. God bless you again. Perf- God's perfect love, his agape love, means unfailing, unconditional love. Do me a favor, every head bowed, every eye closed real quick. I mean, I know most of you in this room. I don't know all of you. And just because you come to church, your parents come to church, you're in youth ministry, doesn't mean that you, you, you're born again. Doesn't mean that you're saved. Uh, again, I, I've, I know that. I've, I've been in both youth ministry and, and ministry for a long time. There's people that sit in our churches even on Sunday morning, week after week, and then they get saved later. Have you experienced God's perfect love through the cross, through the forgiveness of sin? Again, guys, listen, I'm not, again, not saying this to scare you, but this lady's riding her bike, and she gets hit by a car, and now she's gone. Just like that. Younger than me, 39-year-old lady, gets hit by a car, and now she's, she's gone. She's in eternity somewhere. I don't know the lady. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know where she was at with, with the Lord. I hope she was right. I mean, I'm sure you walk down the street sometimes, you ride a bike. What if that was you? Again, I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to, to just be real. Like, if you say, man, Brandon, if that was me in a tragic accident like it happened, and you say, man, I don't know where I would spend my eternity. Because we're going to spend eternity somewhere, guys, either heaven or hell. Jesus died on the cross, John 3, 16, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you say, Brandon, if I die tonight, man, if something tragic happened to me, I don't know if I would spend eternity in heaven or hell. But I want to make sure before I leave this building tonight, I want to get right with the Lord. I need to be saved. Nobody's looking around. That's you. Just slip up your hand. Say, man, that's me. That's me. I need to get right with God. I need to be born again. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, that's me, man. I need to get right with the Lord. I need to be, I need to be saved. Or you say, man, Brandon, I was once walking with the Lord. But you know what? I've, I've backslid. I've, I've gone away from him. I, I've, I've consciously turned away. I need to resurrender my life and get back right with him. If that's you, just slip up your hand now. All right, more hands going up, different hands. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I see you. I see you over there. Praise the Lord. Yes, I see you. Come on. We're all going to pray. For those of you that raised your hand the first time and for those that just raised their hand to recommit, come on, we're all going to pray this together, even as a family, the rest of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come on, let's pray like we mean it in faith. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place. Lord, I know that I've sinned. I repent of my sin. And I ask that you please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. Either for the first time or coming back to you again. I re-surrender my life. I ask that you help me, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your anointing. Help me, Lord, to have a sound, disciplined mind. That I can overcome fear or anything else that the enemy throws at me. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you made that decision, I want to encourage you to come talk to Pastor Jacob after. He'll get you started. Uh, uh, You have Bibles in here? If you have a Bible, I know a lot of you have, you know, Bible app on your phone. But if you you need a Bible, some more information, I encourage you to get connected. And maybe you're saved, but you haven't been filled with the Spirit. Or or you you feel like you you, you want a fresh and filling tonight. Uh, Or if you're saved, you're still dealing with fear. I believe you can be completely free tonight. 
Come on, if that's you, if you say, man, I just either, I want to be filled with the Spirit, I want a fresh and filling, or you say, Brandon, I've been dealing with fear. I've been struggling. I feel like I might even be bound up with fear. We want to, me and Pastor Jacob want to pray for you tonight. If that's you, I want you to make your way to the altar. Come on, don't, don't be scared. Don't let fear keep you from coming up here. Amen? So come on, just begin to make your way at the altar. I believe there's more people in here, and we're going to pray for you.